Visit PJsRoofing.com. I'm Jim Tom. The Faith Debate, a theological roundtable gab fest, a free-for-all forum with faith community leaders wrestling over the truth. In less than one half hour, learn more about what really matters than what most others learn in a week. The Faith Debate is on the World Wide Web at WFMD.com, keyword faith. Are you ready for the clash of ideas? Are you ready for the sound of freedom? Let's get ready to rumble in this corner, weighing in with a master of divinity from Reformed Theological Seminary, the Faith Debate Master of Ceremonies, oh, yeah. <laughs> Troy Skinner. Thanks for tuning in again, spending the earlier parts of your Sunday morning with us here on WFMD, and specifically with me here on the Faith Debate. On the air now for about 17 years, if you can believe it. Yes, I started when I was six months old. So, uh, last couple of weeks, if you were listening, we tackled the question of should churches be open given all of the uh, mandates and things that are going on? And if you missed all that, you can go back and find the podcasts. Variety of ways to do that. Maybe the simplest way would be to go to WFMD.com, find the Faith Abate page, and all the podcasts are there. They're also in the audio vault, and you can find them uh, linked typically on the WFMD Facebook page as well. And uh, eventually, if not this week, hopefully very soon, you'll be able to find things like this at uh, HouseholdOfFaithInChrist.com. It's a website in development. It's uh as of me saying these words and recording them, it's not ready, but maybe by the time you hear this, it will be. We'll, we'll find out together, perhaps. <laughs> anyway, so we tackle the question of sh- would, uh, should churches be open? The overall answer, generally speaking, was yes, but there were some caveats. So if you want to hear those caveats, then, uh, then I invite you to check that out. Now we're going to tackle a different question this week and next. The question is, would Jesus wear a mask? Hmm, would Jesus wear a mask? Let's find out. Uh, so what we're going to do, I'm going to give you a heads up of, if you want to grab your Bible, there's a couple of things we're going to do different than we've done in recent weeks. Uh, there are three passages, rather, you know, uh, basically full chapters almost, I think, of the Bible that we're going to read. So if you want to read along, you're going to want to have uh, Romans 14, 1 Corinthians 8, and Galatians 5. And I'll mention those again later on in case you didn't hear all that really quick. But Romans 14 will be the first one, and then 1 Corinthians 8. Um, and we're going to try to make this as interactive as Facebook allows us to. So if there are things that we talk about that spark a comment, a question, an insight, whatever, throw it into the comments section. And at a couple of points throughout the uh, evening tonight, we're going to check the comments and try to respond to whatever you are asking or sharing. And also we're going to try to do some of that amongst ourselves uh, as well as the evening goes on. And uh, have asked us to tackle. So the first thing I think it might be important to do is, to, is there's an implicit question uh, behind the question, would Jesus wear a mask? It's, it's kind of asking the question, what would Jesus do? And you've been in the church culture in this country for the last 20 years or more, then you're familiar with the whole WWJD, what would Jesus do? It was a big movement. It's about 20 years ago now. And there were bracelets and t-shirts and hats, and it was a, it was a big thing. And it was helpful in a lot of regards, but there's a danger, in my opinion, with that way of thinking. Uh, and, and there's a caveat to the danger, so don't get me wrong. But I think more important than asking, uh, as important as asking the question, what would Jesus do, as important as that is, a more important question, I think, is what would Jesus have you do? Because 
you're not Jesus, I'm not Jesus, Jesus is Jesus. And so while we're we're all part of his, as believers, we're all part of his body and he is the head, so he's connected and in union with that body. And so there is a, a oneness for co-heirs with Christ and all of that is true. And yet, there is something distinct about Jesus. Jesus is... He is the Son of God. The Son is judge, and He is intercessor, and He is high priest, and He He is divinity. He is so many things that we are not. And so I, we want to be careful about having a false equivalency and 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 try to put ourselves as though there are things Jesus could do. We can't do unless he should somehow supernaturally, in a particular moment, provide us his power to do it. So I think it's it's kind of a long aside here, but I'm always suspicious of going too full bore on some of these uh, these movements within the church that smack a little bit too much of churchianity as opposed to Christianity. So that's just my my warning on that. However, all of that said, it is helpful. Uh, uh, in significant ways to consider what it is that Jesus would do because it helps to inform us as to what he would have us do. Because as much as we are able, we should try to do what Jesus would do. So, the first thing I think that makes sense to do and that Jesus might do if he were here and say, well, what is the situation? What do we know about this? What do, the, what do the scientists say, the medical professions, the experts, what do they say about wearing masks? That might help me as Jesus to decide whether or not I should wear a mask or not. So, do the masks work? Well, on the yes side of that, there's a study that was published on April 3rd, a little over a month ago, in the journal Nature Medicine. And it examined the effects of masks on seasonal coronaviruses. And it found that surgical masks, so maybe not all masks, but surgical masks at least, are helpful at reducing how much of a virus a sick person spreads. So if you're sick and you're wearing a surgical mask, this study says it might be helpful in keeping there from being spread. Another study by the International Journal of Nursing Studies suggests that masks uh, worn by people who are not sick could be beneficial where COVID-19 transmission may be in the pre-symptomatic stage. So they might have it, not know it yet, and maybe it's possible, this study says, that a mask could be helpful. Research published by an international group uh, focused on uh, a model that suggests that the cases of coronavirus could be cut significantly if nearly universal masks were worn and adopted. So by universal, they're saying 80% of the people are wearing masks basically all of the time. And so if at least 80, if at least four out of five people are wearing a mask all the time, this study says that it might be helpful. Uh, by the way, this is a study that hasn't yet been peer reviewed. And then April 13th, uh, the United States uh, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention uh, recommended that Americans should wear cloth masks or face coverings when in public to try to limit the spread of the coronavirus. So there's just four examples. There are many more, but those are four examples of places where we would find the medical community and experts and scientists saying masks are good. Yes, you should wear them. On the no side, a study conducted by South Korean researchers published on April 6th in the journal Annals of Internal Medicine, uh, this study looked particularly at the SARS-CoV-2 
uh, virus found no effect of either surgical or fabric masks. Surgical or fabric masks on reducing virus spread. So this seems to be in disagreement with one of the other studies I mentioned. The amount of virus spread, according to this study, did not differ significantly when it compared coughing samples of COVID-19 patients who were wearing a mask, who were wearing just a cloth mask, or wearing a surgical mask, and those who weren't wearing a mask at all. They found no significant difference, suggesting that the masks are ineffective at filtering this particular virus. The World Health Organization has updated their guidelines for the use of preventive face masks, and they warn that, quote, the wide use of masks by healthy people in the community setting is not supported by current evidence and carries uncertainties and critical risks, end quote. In March of this year, the United States Surgeon General, Dr. Jerome Adams, recommended against the use of facial masks at the time. I say that because people are changing what they say over time, but at the time he said, quote, the data doesn't show that wearing masks in public will help people during the coronavirus pandemic, end quote. And he added that wearing a face mask, quote, can also give you a false sense of security, end quote. And so I did four of the other. We'll do four on this side. So here's one more. Neurosurgeon Dr. Russell Blaylock, he recently warned that not only do masks fail to protect the healthy from getting sick, but they also create serious health risks to the wearer. He says, quote, now that we've established, this is his, these are his words, now that we've established that there is no scientific evidence necessitating the wearing of a face mask for prevention, are there dangers to wearing a face mask, especially for long periods? Several studies have indeed found significant problems with wearing such a mask. This can vary from headaches to increased airway resistance, carbon dioxide accumulation to hypoxia, all the way to serious life-threatening complications, end quote. So, do masks work? Seems to depend on who you ask and when you ask them. <laughs> so that's clear as mud. And so, Jesus, would you wear a mask? He's like, well, there's not enough evidence on that part of this equation for me to give you a firm answer. So let's look at the practical reality of the situation. Maybe just let's not look at the all of that scientific data and studies and let's just look more broadly at the situation and see if maybe that will help us. So on the pro-mask side, we've got all the major news outlets uh, practically in unison reporting that wearing a mask is the way to go. Uh, these these agencies of information gathering and dissemination they are they are staffed by professional people these people they make a living doing this they should be good at it we should be able to trust that they know something about what they're talking about and they do represent the prevailing conventional wisdom there's no doubt about that it is the prevailing conventional wisdom right now also all politicians or almost all of them anyway uh, advocate and in some cases they're even mandating that people wear masks. And they're purportedly following the advice of reputed uh, experts in the field of, of medicine, epidemiologists, and you know, others who have impressive sounding credentials. Uh, uh, this highly uh, educated and highly experienced and highly influential uh, group of people, uh, they, seem to, uh, they seem to speak almost as a chorus of consensus, uh, at least for the moment. Uh, there are 
you know, the at least as the media covers it, that uh, you know masks are the way to go. Particularly if you want to show love to your neighbor and show love to your late neighbor's grandmother, then the consensus is that you should wear a mask. And the majority of retail outlets, uh, they're requiring masks to be worn. The majority of people uh, out in the world, uh, at least in this country, are wearing a mask, at least some of the time. Uh, even see people when they're driving alone in their car, alone, a car that only they ever are in, they're wearing a mask. Uh, when they're walking alone in a park, they're wearing a mask. So public opinion, for now, is clear. Public opinion is pro-mask. Now on the con side, well, there are quite a number. Even though there's this cacophony coming from the media, there are a number of pundits uh, in the media and minority, but they are expressing concern about what appears to them to be what they call draconian measures. Uh, measures that they say are robbing people of foundational civil rights, foundational human rights even. Uh, they suggest that the media is spewing out a lot of propaganda, uh, that the government is overreaching, and then they're doubled down, doubling down on their overreach, uh, even using uh, police force to enforce uh, their rules. And uh, now we actually have even heard examples of neighbors who are uh, snitching on fellow neighbors. And it's interesting, this, the, uh, having the, the, the civil rights taken away and threatened, having media uh, pushed forward what might be perceived as uh, uh, propaganda, having the government uh, overreach and support their overreach with force, with police force, and then encouraging citizens to snitch on fellow citizens, those four things are the four indicators when in combination that describe a police state. And so this makes people very nervous. Are we heading into a police state? Have we already arrived at a police state? Should we push back against a police state? Uh, and police states are only possible when there's an atmosphere form where there's fear. Right, this is made possible by fear, which leads to mindless obedience. Uh, and so people are pushing back and they're saying masks, they're symbols of all of this. All of this bad stuff, they're symbols of fear and symbols that embolden the tyrants. And so we need to not wear masks so that we don't support that narrative. So there's an argument on the con. So interesting arguments on the pro, interesting arguments on the con. I still don't think it's definitive necessarily either way. It depends on who you talk to. Like you might feel like it's definitive in your heart. You feel like it's definitive in yours, I'm sure, and <laughs> you do in yours, and I, and I do in mine. And yet you'll go talk to somebody else, and they've got a complete different, and they're definitive in their own heart and mind on this. So who's to know if Jesus would agree with me or the other guy? So maybe we should finally get around to seeing what the Bible has to say, if anything, about this. So does the Bible talk about face coverings? Well, actually it does. The first mention uh, that we find of face coverings in the Bible is in Genesis chapter 24, verse 65, where it says, For Rebekah said unto the servant, What man is this that walks in the field to meet us? And the servant said, It is my master. Therefore she, Rebekah, took a veil and covered herself. So there's a face covering. Now this Middle Eastern 
face covering tradition is still popular. It's a popular custom even to this day in the Middle East. Um, but this sort of custom, it has nothing really to do with whether Jesus, a man, would wear a mask today uh, in North America for purported medical reasons. Like there's enough differences there between what was going on with Rebecca that that's not a match. It's a, it's a non sequitur. It, it, it doesn't help us really. So then we turn to Exodus chapter 34, verse 33, where Moses had been in the presence of the Lord and his face was, was shining, shining so bright that it actually was terrifying the people that were seeing him. And so Moses used a face covering to help uh, calm people down, uh, to, uh, to help to shield them from the reflected glory of God. So that's not the same as protecting somebody from a virus. So it's not really a match there. It's more about providing a veil because we, you know, I've often said over the years that, you know, why do you have to have a perfect record to be in heaven? Well, in heaven, you have an absolute presence in, in the, you are present, uh, you are within the favorable presence of God in a full way where you really are experiencing God's glory. And we have too small an idea of God's glory, and even the analogy I'm about to use is way too small. Uh, but imagine God's glory is the sun. As small and insignificant as our sun is within the universe, it's still a pretty magnificent thing, right, the sun? Imagine trying to stand on the face of the sun. The space shuttle can't even re-enter the the Earth's atmosphere because of the heat, without those heat tiles. Imagine trying to stand on the face of the sun without the right kind of heat tiles. And the right kind of heat, heat tiles is perfect righteousness. And so that's why you need the righteousness of Christ to stand within the glory of God. And so Moses reflecting that glory, just a small example of how frightening and awesome God's glory is. Similarly, in Isaiah chapter 2, uh, there's a vision of heaven there, and it says, Above it stood the seraphims, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, two he covered his feet, and with two he, he flew. So there you've got the wings being used as a face covering, and again it's in respect to the glory of God. These, the, these angelic beings are covering their faces with wings out of respect for the glory of God. But again, that's not really helping us with the coronavirus exactly, right? We're not going to wear a mask out shopping or in a park because uh, because of God's glory being so powerful in those situations. So, um, now, by the way, if you've been in church for a long time or if you start going to church, I promise you it won't be very many years uh, before, maybe it won't be even very many months, before you will hear a pastor preach a sermon, maybe even do a sermon series about... Lessons against wearing masks. Christians are famous for wearing masks. We hide behind facades that we create. We're not authentic and transparent. We, we don't want to own our sin in front of other believers because we're afraid that they'll judge us and then we won't be able to serve the church the way we want. Or, and so you'll get, but that's not what we're talking about here either. And in the New Testament, read about uh, veils, which are, you know, face coverings are veils. We thought we hear about veils over the heart. Uh, and it, it talks about uh, 
uh, in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, the, the people had veils over their heart. Kind of like there was a veil uh, in the temple, the Holy of Holies, or something that provides a separation between God and his people. And the people of the, of the Old Testament era had veils over their heart, and so they couldn't really connect with God in quite the same way that post-resurrection Christians can. Jesus' resurrection and ascension, that we can because now we sent the Holy Spirit and we no longer have veils in our heart. Christ, through his Holy Spirit, has removed the veil from our hearts in the New Covenant. Uh, you can read about that, by the way, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. So, there are lots of things in the Bible that have to do with veils and face coverings and wearing masks, but none of these have to do with viruses. That said, though, however, they are instructive in showing us that mask wearing in general is not sinful or inappropriate in and of itself. There's no command in the Bible that says, thou shalt not wear a mask under any circumstances ever. Um, but also, of course, there's, there's nothing that commands us to, to wear a mask necessarily either. So we're going to need to glean some general biblical principles to help us to apply wisdom in our present circumstances, because it's a wisdom question. So the first place we're going to turn in our Bible is Romans chapter 14, where it says, As for the one who is weak in faith, welcome him but not to quarrel over opinions. One person believes he may eat anything, while a weak person eats only vegetables. Let not the one who eats despise the one who abstains, and let not the one who abstains pass judgment on the one who eats, for God has welcomed him. Who are you to pass judgment on the servants of another? It is before his own master that he stands or falls, and he will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day as better than another, while another esteems all days alike. Each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. The one who observes the day observes it in honor of the Lord. The one who eats, eats in honor of the Lord, since he gives thanks to God, while the one who abstains, abstains in honor of the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to, do, to, to this end, Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother? Or why do you despise your brother? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us will give an account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, do not destroy the one whom Christ, for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as good 
be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable to God and approved by men. So then, let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Do not for the sake of food destroy the work of God. Everything is indeed clean, but it is wrong for anyone to make another stumble by what he eats. It is good not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything that causes your brother to stumble. The faith that you have, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who has no reason to pass judgment on himself for what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats, because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. And that's going to put a wrap on uh, this week's edition of the Faith Debate. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll finish up our look at Would Jesus Wear a Mask next week, right here on 930 WFMD. God bless until then, 167 and a half hours from now. Find us online at WFMD.com, keyword faith. Uh, also on the on WFMD's Facebook page, on my Facebook page. I'm also on MeWe and Parler and spent a little bit of time on Gab. So you can find me in all of those places. And if not now, very soon you'll be able to find uh, information about the show and me and what's, got, what's going on with all these sorts of messages at householdoffaithinchrist.com. Again, until next week, thanks for listening. God bless.